What's up, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game, the Geekiverse's all-video game talk show. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, as always, my co-host, Jeff Pavlak. What's up, Jeff? Good to be here. Welcome to our 2019 fall preview episode. We're going to chronicle uh, most of the, the big releases coming out here in the next few months uh, to your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One, your Switch, your PC, you name it. We're going to cover it, uh, offer some release dates as well as some insight on uh, what we, I guess, would have higher up on our list. Uh, you can check out an article right now at thegeekiverse.com on our most anticipated games of fall 2019, where various members of the Geekiverse contributed their top five games for the uh, upcoming months here. But uh, first off, let's start off with what is in your system. So what are you playing right now, Jeff? It, you've got a, a plate to clear before the just hodgepodge of games comes out that are on your list yes and i succeeded in realizing my goal i was able to beat fire emblem three houses the day that astral chain released that's I good said, i said i wanted to beat fire emblem before astral chain came out so i could uh, focus all my time on astral chain and i was able to beat it the very day that astral chain uh came in the mail and got to my house it, you kind of set a deadline for yourself. yeah no right? i really did because i knew that you know once I fall behind on all these games coming out in September for the Switch, there there's no saving myself if you know I, I if I don't if I wasn't able to commit myself to each game at the same time. Um, but Fire Emblem was outstanding, and like we said, not uh, <laughs> not quite eighty hours. No, not quite eighty hours. I uh, I had a little over forty two for when I beat the game. Um, I did skip a lot of like the side missions though. And as we discussed on one of the earlier episodes, I was playing on normal mode without permadeath. I'm convinced that if you're playing on the harder difficulty with permadeath and you're, uh, you're playing all the extra side missions, you're probably looking at a 60 hour game. So not quite 80 hours, but a very, very meaty game. And I think it's right up there in contention for the best fire emblem yet. I want, I I actually like, I want to go back and play it again because there's, um, multiple uh, paths through the story. So at the beginning of the game, you choose one of the three houses that you'll lead and the, like the students that you'll teach. And each house has its own um, route through the like the conflict that goes on in that world. And in fact, one of the houses has two different um, perspectives on the story that you can play. So I, I want to go back and play the story and see how, what it looks like from you know a very different point of view than with different characters, um, different plot points, and things like that. I. I don't know when I'm going to find the time for it, but it's definitely on my list now. And you'll get to it next year. Yes. Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but for now, Astral Chain has got my attention. Just as much fun as I was expecting it to be. Definitely a big learning curve, though. You have never played an action game like this, and I certainly haven't ever either. Interesting. Um, the brunt of the combat it revolves around you control your human character, but at the same time, you also have the ability to summon a kind of like interdimensional cybernetic being called a legion and they'll fight alongside you but the two of you are tethered by this like energy uh based link called the astral chain mm -hmm. and you fight alongside one another so like you can't just hide in a corner on the map and let the legion just you know fight every else everything else for you where you go it's gonna follow you where it goes you're gonna kind of have to follow it too and there's different ways you can control the legion using that tether like you can actually take control of it using one of the analog sticks 
have it circle around an enemy so that you like trap it and subdue it. You can also set it up where you use your tether as kind of like a slingshot where if you can anticipate where an enemy is going to charge at you, the enemy will charge into the link and like just be flung across the map then. So it's really good. There's really some neat combat tricks in there that I've never seen in another game before. Um, but controlling two different characters at once is definitely something you have to adjust to. There's a steep learning curve in that. Any, no, you're, you said how unique it is. Yes. Any, anything you can draw a contrast to for people who are interested in the game? I mean, it's Platinum Games, so it, there's some hints of Bayonetta in there. Okay. Devil May Cry, um, the 3D Ninja Gaidens a little bit. Um, Speaking of which, Devil May Cry 5 is uh, on Game Pass for Xbox owners. Absolutely recommended. How one, crazy is one that? One of this year's best. Man, the Game Pass is killing it. But um, in terms of that Legion mechanic, having that basically second character that you can control and use to fight alongside you, I, I've never played an action game quite like this before. It's gonna t- If you're jumping into it, expect a learning curve, but also expect for the game to... It's forgiving. You know, If you're playing on the normal difficulty, it's just about impossible to get a game over. Um, so, so the game seems to acknowledge that, yeah, this is different and it's going to take some time for you to really figure out and understand the combat mechanics. But once you do, it's extremely satisfying. I, I can't tell you how much fun and how rewarding it felt once I figured out a certain combat trick or a different move. And, you know, I, I felt like I mastered it. Oh, yeah, there's nothing more rewarding, especially in a tough action game. I mean, you screw up the first five or ten times that you give it a shot, but once you nail it then, it's so satisfying to pull it off. I can imagine. I would ask you what's next. Like, what's your deadline for this? But we'll get into what's yeah, next on your plate. A, a great question. <laughs> uh, shortly into the episode here. Uh, anything else on the the plate currently for you? No, I'm trying to give Astral Chain all my attention. So it's hard, I can, right? It's extremely hard. It's, it's increasingly hard in this day and age to focus on one game yeah. as much as I want to. Um, I, I'm very proud of myself. I kind of juggled a few titles um in the last month here and i am on schedule for my next game but uh playing wolfenstein young blood i am just about to go to like the final level uh and it is just classic wolfenstein um really enjoying how polished it is uh it's a smaller game but i'm still loving the story how long how far are you into it like hour wise mm. I would say there's it's a little bit different dynamic than your your average linear Wolfenstein game. Right, because there's like a hub, from what I understand. There's a hub. You travel to different environments or different sections of Paris, and you do different... Your The line is blurred between your primary and your side missions. Yeah. All things considered, I'm probably about 10 to 11 hours in. Okay. Um and I'm. It's a seventy-two percent of the the way through primary missions. Doing the math, there's one more, um, but only about twenty something percent through side missions. So there's a lot you can do. Yeah. Um, and the game regenerates different quests as well. They're not as exciting as your mainline quests, and sometimes I I don't mean to demean them by saying they're fetch quests, but there there's some smaller scale stuff that you can do and just keep playing and keep playing, and. You can obviously you can play co-op, so you can switch characters. You don't have to play co-op to switch characters if you wanted to go through as Sophie or if you wanted to go as Jess. Um, you can play online with people co-op, people you've never met, which is great uh, if you're into that. You play couch co-op, 
there's there's a number of ways to keep this alive and for a 30 dollar game it's a hell of a value look at 10 10 to 11 hour story is double the length of what a lot of full priced fps campaigns are totally that's it's you know it's at least double your typical battlefield or call of duty campaign unfortunately uh not as high in the production value in terms of cutscenes, but i'm fine with that the the writing is still amazing and i'll tell you there was a twist just before this final episode or final level is about to take place and my jaw dropped i i, I was genuinely surprised so um i would love another game with these two or even DLC to this, even though this is not really like a full-up pack-on release. Wouldn't that be like DLC to DLC in a way? Yeah, it's like Inception <laughs> kind of, yeah, of DLC. It's great. Uh, so very much enjoying that. I'm going to get that out of the way just before my next title. But uh, also I played all the way through and had the, the honor of reviewing Control, uh, the latest game from Remedy. So the, the creators of Alan Wake, Quantum Break, they uh, wrote Max Payne back in the day. These guys are all over the place uh, with with some of my favorite games, I think, and a lot of uh, uh, gamers' games over the years. So, yeah, you're not alone in that opinion. No, not at all. Um, but, man, uh, Control, I very, very much enjoyed. You could read my spoiler-free review at thegeekiverse.com. Scored it an 8.25 out of 10, uh, which is about on par with what a lot of outlets were given it, if not just a touch lower. I felt like the the story is classic remedy. It's It's really... It's dark, it's psychological, it's a thriller. Um, more of this story, maybe I, you know, I'm just not recalling Alan Wake as much, but I don't think that I'm incorrect in saying this. More of the story and control is told through objects you find and logs. And okay. More subtle than, you know, bombastic yeah, or it, not bombastic, but just um, very It doesn't hot. tell you. Yeah. It, you have to kind of find the game, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not bad. But there are cutscenes, though, right? Minimal. Oh, okay. Minimal cutscenes. Right. Um, that's a, Okay, see, that's interesting. It is interesting. Not as cinematic. That's the word I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, Nothing wrong with that. There, no, it's a style choice, I right. think. But um, it's also their first game for... Uh, under 505 games. Okay. So I, I have no idea if that had anything at all to do with it because they had worked with Microsoft previously, who probably threw boatloads of money at them. Not to say entirely, 505 did Entirely didn't. possible. <laughs> and Quantum Break with their kind of Netflix-style yeah, TV shows. That was, <laughs> I love that. That was a blending of movie money? and video game. <laughs> Big name actors, you know. Yeah, that too. Um, so... Uh, Jesse is the protagonist. I, I think she's a, a nice character. I can't tell you how much I love the gameplay. I, 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 it's rare that I go back and play a game for its side missions, but I played a lot of side missions for this. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of how the dynamic between Alan Wake's flashlight and his limited ammo came into effect. Here, you never really quite run out of ammo, but there's a recharge meter and you can sh- you can switch your your weapons fairly quickly and then you have these these abilities that really make you feel like a jedi knight like her first mechanic is is throw so you you pick up a table and you throw it at your enemies just like a jedi would or i guess really a sith um well yeah, jedi might you know it depends <laughs> depends how annoyed they are yeah right <laughs> um we wanted at a bar you never know what's going to happen so those are incredible um and you don't unlock all the powers throughout the main campaign necessarily think so think about that there are 
I believe there are five main abilities you can unlock. I finished the game with two. Really? So they weren't lying when they said the game is not linear. You That's have to go out of your way. Interesting. Right. Now, I maxed the hell out of those two abilities. Uh-huh. So they were really, really good. I, I wonder how much easier it would have been. Yeah. Had I balanced them. Well, I mean, that's not the most impressive uh, accomplishment you've had with using a limited arsenal in the video game. <laughs> yes. This was like, this felt like dead space to me with just the, the one weapon that, but. Um, For those who don't know, Josiah beat the original Dead Space strictly <laughs> using the plasma cutter, <laughs> never using yeah. another weapon. I, I, I just, I went with it and I didn't know it was an achievement. It's one of my problems. He had no idea. He thought he was playing the game like normal. I just, I, I. I loved how you could kind of shoot horizontally or vertically, and I made it work for me, man. That's Speaking like, of Dead Space, when, uh, are we, when are we getting another Dead Space? Or even just a remaster? I, I know. I really wish they would continue the series. I would love a remaster on Switch. It, it did. Yeah, sure. I definitely. Or the trilogy. I, I fear that uh, that they kind of became disenfranchised with it after the third one. Yeah. Not that it, it was not, not, not Not even that it was meh. It was still a good game. And it wasn't even that it sold poorly. It still sold well. It's just that the budget that they put into it was so great and the resources they dumped into it were so great that the returns they were expecting for it were just completely unreasonable. Yeah. There has to be a little bit of a, not quite, but a cult following with a game like that. Yeah. Like, you, that's not going to go to the masses. No. It's a horror action game, you know? Right. Uh, but, yeah. It's like beating, it's, I was going to say this before, it's like beating Halo with just the Needler. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that, so like, that would be really, really difficult. But yeah, it, I I gotta say, you know, beating Kudos. Breath of the Wild with just the what do you call it, the tree branch. Now but, you're getting but, crazy. But, but, but you know what's funny? People have done that. That's insane. <laughs> Get a life, people. I'm just kidding. I would love to meet you if you if you did that. Did you ever see what the official speed run time for Breath of the Wild is now? Maybe it's like half an hour. <sighs> There is a glitch involved with it getting off the Great Plateau, but I've watched I've watched the full thing. Someone was able to beat it. It's that's, like it's like twenty eight minutes or something like that. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. <laughs> My gosh. <sighs> yeah, and I here I am, two years later, still <laughs> putzing around with it. But yeah, I I gotta say, Michael Kazurin and Sam Lake over at Remedy uh, did. Just a masterful job in leading that team. Would have liked a fully fleshed out, more fully fleshed out story, a little more cinematic, a uh, little bit less of a mind f, if you will. It's just is it, that what it is? It is, but it's it's still not clear to me. Okay, the pro- little so cerebral, huh? Here's the problem with it, this is funny to say that I'm complain I'm not complaining about this. So since the Geekiverse has begun getting review copies for games before games come out, it's been a few years now. It's super thrilling every time we get one. We're super thankful for it. My problem is I go online a lot of times and either look at wikis or I want to look at a strategy guide for a certain level. That really doesn't exist before a game comes out. Now, uh, publishers and developers do a really nice job to varying degrees of sending you a guide. Kind of a, this is what this weapon is. And here's a hint without directly telling you to go in this area or do this first. So they kind of set you up for success. And I, I wish I could, and now I can because the game's out. I can't wait to go read about the story itself yeah. and say, did I miss something 
or is this what I thought it was and I just didn't care for it as much? Well, the other thing that we often encounter when playing a review copy that could be missing is um, multiplayer functionality. True. And not not that the mode is gone. It's just that when you're playing online, your possible matchups are significantly smaller than when the game launches and yeah. it's available to the public. We saw that with Jump Force, for example. Oh. We played online and it took us forever to find a matchup because there were so few copies out there. I think we did... Uh... Even fewer people playing online at the time soul caliber as well yes right? soul caliber was another one it just yeah it, it, I mean, there's only so many game journalists out there playing online <laughs> right the, yeah we're all scared too no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um it's you know speaking of soul caliber this is a really good time to bring up uh we posted a community discussion today on our facebook page it's facebook.com slash the geekiverse uh alana pierce posted something that just spoke to my soul uh I will honestly never forgive Nintendo or Xbox for my perpetual confusion about which button is A and which is B. Uh, no, Jeff had issues with that. <laughs> Kept exiting out or going back because we played on Xbox One. Whereas really the, the buttons are rotated on, on whether you look at it on the Xbox or the Nintendo control. They're one button off on the, the A, B, X, and Y letter uh, yeah. controls for, for the switch or really most nintendo systems b is on the bottom a is on the right but the problem in, is in like the diamond shape of the the buttons the a <laughs> or the x on the playstation let's say yeah that's your continue button mm-hmm. whereas that it, it the a is the continue button but it's uh it's where east would be on your controller right yeah for so, xbox a is on the bottom b is on the right that's a a, a troubling dynamic uh, but go go chime in. It's a it's a fascinating conversation. The comments are starting to pour in. I don't even know if I want to read them. They're just they're funny. Go check it out. Um, this is probably the first generation that this is really happening with too. Because you think if you were a, uh, a Nintendo and Microsoft or Sony owner in the past. You probably weren't running this for the Wii U, for example. No, nobody had the Wii U, so that problem wasn't really <laughs> existent. Um, sure. The Wii's controller was dramatically different from the Xbox 360s and PlayStation 3s controller. Even if the class, uh, yeah, maybe the classic would have been the same. I don't know for sure, but if you were just playing with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, completely different controller. You wouldn't have even thought to be, you know, have that muscle memory on the buttons. Um, GameCube also had a completely different button layout. N64 had a completely different button right. layout. The Switch is really the first one where even its primary controllers, the Joy-Cons, have that similar button layout to its competitors, but obviously different due to just that one change makes a huge difference. It's kind of a funny thing to think about. We've talked about, I'll bet you that's why you're hearing about it so much this generation, because really any other prior generation, it it wouldn't have existed. It's the first controller, first prominent controller. I might say correct me if I'm wrong, that Nintendo is geared towards the quote unquote mainstream gaming audience. They call it a pro controller, but yeah, Really, it's geared towards and Xbox even the Joy Cons for the gripes that I do have with them. They are sufficient, sure. As you know, a, a, a traditional gaming controller. Oh yeah, they've got the you know they got the dual analogs. They've got the button layouts as you, uh, the triggers as you expect. Yeah, the button layout. It, it's hard to go back once you go to that Pro controller. Very though. difficult. My gosh, it's it's very, to the point where difficult. like uh, my family was coming home from Rhode Island about a month ago, and I was playing my Switch. I was playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just like, I wasn't, I was using the Joy-Cons attached to the, the handheld 
and it, it was just it was difficult. Yeah. Because the it, the positioning was just slightly different. So I, I was thinking about I was looking on Amazon like that day for how to like hang it on the back seat of like the passenger seat because you can hang um, tablets there right. for kids now, and I'm like I. I need to do this for my switch. Not that I go on a lot of road trips where I'm not driving, but you know, <laughs> something, true. something to consider for the future, I guess. So uh, we want to know what's in your system. Let us know uh, whether it's PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, you name it. You're playing old school. Even Dreamcast was brought up on our page today. Uh, go to facebook.com slash the geekverse, get in the conversation and let us know. Uh, just one news item this week. We're going to, get to honoring the past and the next episode because we've just we've got so much to get to in the meat of today's episode uh telltale games is kind of being revived in a way uh courtesy of polygon.com we have an article here uh that reads telltale games which shut down last year is being revived after its assets were purchased by a company called lcg entertainment the new company will sell some of telltale's back catalog and we'll work on new games based on a few Telltale associated properties as well as new licenses. Uh, let's see here. I'm skipping around a little bit. In an interview with Polygon, uh, Audley, this is the last name uh, of one of the stu- new studio co-founders, confirmed that the new business has back catalog rights to licensed properties such as The Wolf Among Us and Batman, as well as full rights to original Telltale games such as Puzzle Agent. There are some other expired licenses that we are looking at. Uh, two that come to mind. Uh, Walking Dead is is done. I don't know if they're they're. I, I don't know if there's a need for more Walking Dead. But the the other one that comes to mind would be Stranger Things, which the license reverted back to Netflix after this whole Telltale Games shutdown fiasco. Um, that being said, as a long time Telltale fan, we've covered it on the show numerous times. I've written about it all over the place was one of the first reviews I ever did for the Geekiverse was The Wolf Among Us. I'm very excited. I hope uh, hope Wolf Among Us comes back. I could take or leave Batman. Uh, but I'm excited that if LCG doesn't take over some of those properties and put them into production, it sounds like they're going to sell them off. Perfect. So someone else will take them. Right. So overall, this is good news. Uh, they, they mentioned that Tell, uh, freelance positions will be available, it sounds like, to former Telltale employees, which is not, you know, it, it's something. I, I, I don't know enough to comment on it one way or another, uh, but no full-time positions available just yet. So hopefully that uh, there can be sustained growth with this new company, as opposed to too much too soon and purchasing on more licenses than you know what to do with, like Telltale Games did back in the day. Uh, really just a few years ago when they started buying up all these properties. So, Jeff, what are, what are your thoughts on this? It's It feels like the video game industry isn't right without Telltale around, at least the modern video game industry. They were such a important piece of the larger puzzle uh, for the last couple generations. They were They were producing games that, for the longest time, that kind of genre had been dead. It it had only it maybe existed in a, in a very niche corner of like the PC gaming market, for example. Um, there were some games like that on on your handhelds, like your original DS, um, that like point and click style adventure. You know, in an age where budgets um, and production values were going through the roof to create these games that resembled Hollywood blockbusters, 
I, there was a, you know, there was a time where I didn't think you'd see a point and click adventure be so mainstream, be so prominent again. And, and Telltale really brought that back to the forefront again. And it came with good writing. Yeah. And how many different properties they handled too. I mean, you had Guardians of the Galaxy, you had Batman, you had Walking Dead, you had Wolf Among Us. You're talking about so many different genres and different fields of entertainment there. Superheroes, horror, uh, high fantasy, sci-fi. They, they, their talents definitely stretch well beyond just one type of IP or one type of, of uh, story and setting. And they were soon to have Stranger Things, as we mentioned. Right. So oh, that one what hurts. could have been? Yeah, that perfect. Yeah, that's just, just tailor-made. That is, is right in the same cutout as Walking Dead for what you would want for an adventure game like that. So uh, hopefully we'll get some, some news in the near future. I don't anticipate anything for at least the rest of the year. But uh, good news to longtime Telltale fans such as myself. All right, Jeff, we're going to... Josiah. I think we're going to tackle this. <laughs> All right. We're staring down, courtesy Ugh. of GamesRadar.com, the list of games coming out for the rest of the year. This we're not going to go busy, through them all. This is the busy season. <laughs> busy season. We'll, we'll also kind of bounce around and mention some of the... Uh, the games on our list, the most anticipated list. One of mine already came out. <laughs> uh, I, had same. Said, I had said same. Astral Chain. Same. I had uh, I had control on mine, <laughs> so I am actually pulling up our article now. Uh, Jeff, what do you? We got Gears Five first, or something something else? Yeah, that's probably that's probably the first big one, especially for the Geekiverse. Um, Adam will probably be all over that. Um. I'm I'm really excited about it. Okay. Um, I think because of Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, this would not be a game I traditionally purchase day one. I've actually played through every single Gears. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was late to the game with it, so I've only played a little bit online. But I it's it's so it's kind of unique in in how it is as a shooter. It nothing feels quite like it. It's very it's very polished. It's it's third person, uh, very grounded, both in its approach and quite literally. Uh, you know how you you navigate the map. So Gears Five, uh, new new protagonist, a familiar character. I hope the story's good. I know that's that's been um, something that people really care about. Longtime Gears fans. To me, I'm more of a casual fan, but this is something I'm going to be playing this weekend. So I'm, I'm excited to. I'm, it's actually downloaded to my Xbox right now. Uh, they did a, a pre-download. So if you have the Xbox Game Pass, you can play it September sixth. That's this Friday. It's very exciting. Man, that's going to be crazy when Halo comes out next year and you can play that essentially for free. Yeah. With the Game Pass. <laughs> I mean, you're paying for it. Right, but... But you're not paying 60 bucks. Right. So, kind of amazing. Uh, Gears 5, I am excited for. Uh, There's actually something that day I'm even more excited for than Gears 5. Uh, and see. it really shouldn't be a surprise. 13th? No, same day. Same day? Oh, okay. It's not, on, a new, it's not a new game per se. Hang on, DLC. Yeah, I see it. All right, yeah. take it away. Monster Hunter World Iceborne. <laughs> it looks so cool. They're bringing back like we we've talked about this before on um, episodes in the past. You know what constitutes justifiable DLC? Mm-hmm. Like this is a massive, massive expansion. They have almost that game is still going strong. Yeah, they have almost as many monsters in this Iceborne DLC as the original game came with. 
So this is a massive, like this could be its own game basically. Dude, and it's I know just some DLC. people that sunk hundreds of hours into that. And we're talking like Skyrim like yes. hours. Oh yeah, Monster Hunter is one of those series that could do that to you. Also super successful now. I think that shipped 12 million copies Jeez. between all the different console versions, which that's unprecedented, especially in the West and on home consoles for Monster Hunter. Uh, but Iceborne lo- looks really, really cool. Um, new environments, all kinds of new monsters, uh, a lot of returning monsters from um, entries in Monster Hunter's past that you know, didn't appear in the original Monster Hunter world. Guys like Glavinus, guys like Baryoth. You're seeing a lot of fan favorite monsters return in this now. Plus more, we uh, we just got confirmation that Rajang is going to be in it. He's going to be the first free DLC monster as part of the Iceborne expansion. Um, but it's just... Monster Hunter World is clearly a game that Capcom wants to keep the momentum going with. They they want this to stay fresh in everybody's heads and right out in front of everybody. Yeah, it it's amazing every time I see new DLC is coming and I'm like, did that already come out? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, no, it's a new pack. Yeah, and you see it surface. Um, you can play Monster Hunter World on Xbox Game Pass right now. Uh, some of the DLC I believe is on there as well. So. Um, Man, that game, it was, wasn't it January of 18? Yes. Jeez. It's yeah, a year and a half old now. That is warranted DLC. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. No, it, it's you. It, it's basically it's basically a, a brand new game. It's almost like how, um, what do you call it? Um, new Colossus or yeah. Yeah. Was, to, was to Wolf. With uh, Youngblood. Yes, there yeah. you go. Absolutely. Kind of a spinoff. It's its own game. Bigger than... DLC, but not big enough to be its own game, right. kind of thing. Although this probably could be its own game. That's how yeah, I big it is. The same for Young Blood. Yeah. I think. Um, same day. That's actually, how you do DLC. Yeah. To answer our question from like three episodes you know ago, it took us a while, but we have our answer. More and more developers, probably more publishers than developers, are understanding what gamers want for DLC. Yeah. And I think they understand also. The average gamer is a much, no disrespect, they're, they're much smarter nowadays, the average consumer. There's more access to information. There's, there's more yes, options. I know exactly where you're going with right? this. Right? So you buy a bad DLC, you're not buying again. Mm-hmm. You're just not. They're also aware that the DLC is even coming. Like there's Very really true. Not, like, you know, casual gamer, it's kind of an oxymoron, I feel like, because most people who are going to be very passionate about these games and are playing them for a couple hundred hours, they're going to know when the, when the DLC is coming. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's there's no secret about it anymore. No doubt about it. Same Gamer, gamers are much more privy to information, I feel like, than other mediums. If if there's, as a whole, if you take a gamer or a moviegoer or, or maybe, let's say, like a, a music lover, I feel like a gamer is the one that's constantly scrolling and looking for news on, yeah. on their favorite game. Not always. Right. You know, as a whole, that's just how it is. Um so yeah, I, I would agree that gamers are the most passionate of any mediums fan. You've base. got your list, your calendar. I mean, look at us. You know, we're talking about deadlines and beating games before the the next games come out. Uh, same day, by the way, September sixth, NBA two K twenty, which is plenty arguably of, the biggest sports game of the year. Plenty of people will be playing that right up there with well, Madden. I was say yeah, I think FIFA. Madden's got to beat Madden, <laughs> or oh FIFA, yeah. Madden, I, it's in the conversation. F- I think no, F- okay, if you're talking, FIFA's the biggest worldwide. Yes, FIFA's worldwide. Madden's probably America. I think NBA is close. It is because the NBA without seeing any sales figures here. Yeah, but um, I know uh, Bruner loves uh, the NBA series. Adam Her reviewed last year's version NBA 2K19. You can check out at thegeekiverse.com. What's great about this? 
It's not only coming out for PS4, Xbox, and PC. It's coming out for Switch same day. Well, that was one of the very I love it every time. That original um, Switch debut trailer from that October, before, October 2016, NBA was one of the first games they showed on there being played in like that demo. That's true. So they've had NBA 2K pretty much since the console's inception. Now, before we get to... I, I imagine you, uh, you're you trying to finish most of what you're trying to finish with Astral before September 13th. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> actually, there's something before that. <laughs> Is there really? Yeah, um, Blasphemous on September 10th. Basically, this is the best way to describe it to you. It's basically Bloodborne in 2D. It's a 2D action side-scroller in a gothic horror setting that just looks plain nightmarish. Yeah. One of the most violent, gory (laughs) 2D games I've ever seen, but it looks really, really really interesting. I love gothic horror, that medieval, like that dark medieval kind of setting. Castlevania-esque in a way. Um, so I'm excited for that. Every holiday, Bloodborne comes up at the PlayStation Store for like seven dollars. For good reason. For I, good reason. Although that's an absolute steal for that game. I, and I, I, it's, in my opinion, that's a crime that anybody would be able to pay seven dollars right. to play that game. And every year, I have it in my cart and I take it right back out because I'm like, seven dollars? That's it? Go spend five on a coffee right now? Oh my gosh! That you should. Uh, no, no, I'm gonna no. dive in one of these times. I'm, I've been saying it for years. That game deserves far more than seven dollars. I don't have the patience to jump into <laughs> Cuphead right now, so we'll see what happens. Join the club. <laughs> um, so before September 13th, when Pavlov has to finish, well, are you are you I'm picking a, up Blasphemous? I'm gonna try and get Blasphemous. Okay. Yeah. So you got a lot going on here. I do. September is your month. Uh, the end of October through November is mine. Yes. No, September is absolutely mine. We're like puzzle month. pieces, Jeff. We complete each other. <laughs> <laughs> Been doing it for 14 years. That's right. Uh, a game that is huge from the AAA landscape. But pre-show we talked about and felt like whether or not it was warranted, we haven't heard a lot about it. Uh, Borderlands 3, the long-awaited sequel. Sure, it's going to be awesome, but it feels like this is a quiet launch. PS4, Xbox One, PC... Like, I don't know. I'm not a Borderlands guy. So I don't know if I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. And maybe I'm looking in the wrong place, but yeah. I don't see the hype for it that even, like, 2 had. No. Like Borderlands 2, I feel like, had a huge launch. Even to an extent, the pre-sequel. Yeah. The the in-between game there. Yeah. So I... you know, if you're a Borderlands fan, tell us what's going on with this. You know, Are you excited for it? Uh, I played through the first one. I actually played a healthy chunk of it. Not, you know, hundreds of hours like some of these crazy obsessed gamers are no, with it that, hey nothing crazy about it <laughs> man border there's madden people there's nhl people there's call of duty people i may argue there are borderlands people oh for sure right like that's your game that's what you play kudos to you if you do but um and look people we're, we're not saying that borderlands 3 is going to be a bad game it's going to no. be an awesome game it's going to be a triple a game i'm sure we're just great. saying that the hype doesn't seem to be there that i it. haven't heard anything no like, this is absolutely not speaking to the game's quality or anything my head's like in the that. ground or, or what's going yeah, on i i don't feel like the coverage has been there for it no i don't think so uh i mean we'll see how it sells and yeah. how it reviews shortly you know we're, we're almost there so also September 13th, two titles from our most anticipated list, but I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, I had Damon X Machina on the Switch. Um, yes. As a little kid who grew up watching Gundam, Macross, and other giant mecha anime, and as an adult who still watches those same anime, I love any kind no. of game where you pilot. Adult debatable, but... <laughs> yeah, very good point. Uh, dude in his late 20s. 
Uh, I'm going to love any oh, I, I, I'm a sucker for games where you play a giant mecha and uh, get into aerial dogfights with other giant mecha and spaceships. Um, but this one looks really, really fun. Uh, it plays really well, too. We had a demo earlier in the year that I was fairly impressed by. And based on what um, Marvelous showed off at E3 this year, they took all of the input that fans gave them after that demo and applied it to the final product. They changed up, um, they you know just added more polish, but they changed up control schemes, gave you more options for the way you want to control it and for your menu layouts. Um, so it's a really nice case of the developer taking fan input to heart and really applying it to the game. That I feel like you've talked about for a while. Yeah, well, it was first revealed at um, E3 last year. It actually kicked off Nintendo's E3 2018 Direct. So It was the very first game they showed it off on there, and nobody knew it. It's a brand new IP. It's a third-party game. Nobody knew what the heck it was. Yeah. But it, it caught everybody's attention. The demo impressed a lot of people, and... Um, what we've seen ever since then it looks great there's there's some really cool set piece battles in there it looks like i mean there's uh, in the demo alone there was a boss battle that you were fighting this giant robot that was seriously the size of like godzilla it's cool like there's some really neat battles and boss fights in this game yeah i uh i look forward to watching you play it oh yeah <laughs> and trying it myself of course but i i know you're gonna get it so oh yeah uh, like you said, same. Where, where is that time going to come from? I don't know. No, but. Don't worry about that later. List first time later. Uh, I same. love that. I, <laughs> it's true. I, I got to put that somewhere. Yes. Or I'm, I'm just tweeting it. Forget it. All right. All right. I like <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe that's where it is. Uh, same day, NHL 20. Uh, that's my favorite sports game. I play it every year. I've played it since I was nine years old. Uh, we'll be getting a review copy of it actually shortly. So we'll have our review out before the game comes out. We're also scheduled to have an interview with members of the creative team to kind of tease some of the new features in the game. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of save that for the interview. But I think the social media campaign from EA has been wonderful leading up to the game here. They just released uh, some of the alumni teams in terms of who the alumni players are going to be. Uh, first off, Quebec Nordiques. There's Stasny, Forsberg, and Sackick. Very cool. Although, did Forsberg ever play for Quebec? I think his first season was in Colorado. I'll have to look that up. I would up. have to look that up. Come too, on, EA. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, Jeremy Roenick, Stan Makita, Chris Chelios. Uh, this, I, I really like this one. It's funny to look at these players, but Detroit, again, Chris Chelios. Uh, <laughs> Gordy Howe, helmetless, of course. Nick Lidstrom. Steve Eiserman and Pavel Datsuk. It's funny to think of him as an alumni. Yeah. Because we watched his whole career. Right. Like, yeah. Like, as a rookie. We can the- distinctly remember watching him play. Oh, we gosh. can recently remember watching him play, too. And, you know, depending on what constitutes recently, just a few years ago. Exactly. Pittsburgh. It's so weird to see this. But uh, I have your answer on Forsberg, by the way. Yeah. He played part of his rookie season in Quebec. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He, he, he played. I thought that trade went down as... 11 games in moto hockey, which I'm assuming was part of the Swedish Elite League. Yes. And then he played 47 games with Quebec, and then part of the playoffs, actually. Six so games Patrick Waugh's first season was That's probably what you're thinking of. But that's still crazy that they had all those superstars yeah. as the team was leaving. Jeez. Uh, the other alumni reveal was the Penguins. Mario Lemieux, Paul Coffey, and Yarmir Yager. 
it, it looks weird seeing Yager in the Pens jersey. That is, yeah. That's it, it's a I don't jarring. know why, but well, because it's, it's the yeah, new Pens jersey, and he never that's wore what that it one. Is. I would say, yeah. What, what's throwing me off about? It? But yeah, I, I do think of yeah Yager being with the Penguins always. Are we, are we going to see Winnipeg with um, Solani? Oh, I sure hope not. <laughs> As an Anaheim Ducks fan, or Mighty Ducks, you know, depending on which generation you come from. I hope that we get a Sabres team with Perot, Hashik, and I was going to say Housley, but that might be too fresh. <laughs> <laughs> on the you're, ice he was a great player you're right <laughs> on the ice he was a great player anyway i digress yeah nhl 20 look for my uh, my interview shortly <laughs> at thegeekverse.com as always uh, okay but seriously man solani uh, did solani have like a hundred or some points his rookie season oh, in Winnipeg? he had 76 goals Okay, yeah, okay, so this is right 132 points altogether 76 goals 56 rookie assists. season yeah yeah Come on, man. I know you're a Ducks fan, but that's insane. He did almost just as well in Anaheim, and he also won a cup. <laughs> okay. That's fair. And he, he was a part of the Mighty Ducks and the Ducks. And I guess he was, you know, part of a team that didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and, and at that point. He's part of a team you, you that know, didn't move. Yeah, that team that won the cup, you know, actually stayed in the city. Ooh, that <laughs> awkward. Speaking of yeah, teams they came, that moved, they came back. Housley is in Arizona. I know, right? So, yeah. They, interesting times. Arizona. Used to be Winnipeg. There you go. The I connect- love the connections. All of the 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 teams that have moved for hockey. It's it's just like it's the I have a heart for Whalers head. Oh, it's, of course, yeah. it's fun. You know, every good NHL fan should have some kind of heart for Whalers apparel. I, I love the. I've green. got a hat at home. I think my brother's got a jersey. Actually, the Nordiques are a good one as well. Good stuff all around. That old Colorado a logo. Speaking again. Like, oh yes. Like with um, the sea and the mountain behind it, and they brought that back for the Avs. Yeah, on the the shoulder patch, they I, bought. I think that. it's based on the they state became New symbol. Jersey, I believe. Yes, right, Colorado Rockies. Yes, am I making that up? Was it Rockies? No, no, I think it was Rock. No, well, no, that's the baseball team. Yeah, but I think but they you're were, right. and then they went to New Jersey. Right, and, and then, I'm pretty uh, sure that logo was based on like the state symbol of Colorado too, that, which is that's cool. accurate. Yeah. Also, Let teams me that move. Check that real quick. Changing sports. Did you see the Buffalo Braves jerseys? That is so cool with the with the I Clippers. Like, I don't even like basketball, right. but I want one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, by the way, it was Colorado Rockies. Yes, it was. Okay. But yeah, no, that is so yeah. cool with the Clippers. People, if you're listening, doing. we used to have an NBA team in Buffalo. Uh, not NBA. Or, or it professional was, baseball. Yeah, it was ABA. And those jerseys are rocking. Yeah, they're sick. Let me tell you, it, I I want one. It always kind of bugs me that. The Braves left Buffalo because, yeah, the Clippers had some abominable decades, but now they, I mean, between Blake Griffin and now with Kawhi going over there, they were relevant for a long time, and they may be one of the very best best teams in the NBA net right now. And with all their long-term suffering, they were spiritual successors to what we have in Buffalo. Yes, they're just... With the Bills and Sabres. <laughs> Buffalo on the West Coast. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed our little sports tangent. Uh, next up on the list is FIFA 20. <laughs> so uh, September 19th, uh, FIFA 20. You can play if you have EA access. Uh, I believe it's coming out a little bit later than that. But anyway. Uh, you know, you get a lot more than just games when you listen to this podcast, people. You do. You, you come for the games. You stay for the <laughs> snippy remarks and the ridiculous sports references. Gotta love it. Uh, I know a game that's next. What's that? Let's just keep you on a roll here. September 20th. Where are we looking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely Lego Jurassic World. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Ninu Kuni? Yeah. No, that'd be that's, a fun one to play. That's uh, getting you know some love that day. But really, Beautiful we're talking RPG. about Zelda. Yeah, Link's Awakening. Yeah. I stand by what I have said all this time. Still don't like the art direction. However, however, my disdain for the art direction mostly applies only to the character models now from the continued demos and videos that Nintendo has released. The environments look really, really nice. Every, like Everything that Link walks around in looks great, even if Link looks like a complete dork. <laughs> but I'm excited for this one. Link's Awakening is probably my favorite of the 2D Zaldas, and it looks like they're adding some quality of life features to this that will make the game just play better. That dungeon maker mode looks really, really nifty. And I'm wondering if that's the precursor to like a Zelda maker, like how there's super Mario maker. Oh, I never even considered that because uh, and even more so. Of course now. it would sell. Like, yeah. Come on. Well, no, even more so now because there was a recent interview where I think it was A.G. Aonuma, the longtime director of the Zelda series, said that this remake came about from them first working on a dungeon creator. They were playing around with a concept for a Zelda dungeon maker game, and they eventually just kind of segued into making Link's Awakening out of that. So that idea is in Nintendo's heads. They have, you oh, know, the concept there. is there. I, I think we're going to someday see a Zelda maker game. I would bet on it. Uh, if you didn't know, Baldur's Gate is getting console releases uh, September 24th. I saw an ad for this on Instagram. Uh, you're getting an enhanced edition. You're getting Siege of Dragonspear and then Baldur's Gate 2 enhanced edition, all to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. That kind of slipped under the radar a bit. Uh, those, I remember people always looked for that at GameStop when I worked there many years ago. There's um Could they're doing they're doing more than that too actually you're gonna see um the Neverwinter Nights games all get remastered and released on the home consoles mm. I think it's scheduled for December or maybe early next year but I know it's close to the Baldur's Gate because they they had a big announcement where all of those like Dungeons and Dragons s games we'll find out shortly out. yes <laughs> as we go through our list uh I was correct FIFA 20 is out September 27th for everyone who does not have EA access. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, Icewind like, Dale, yep, there's another one. For like a second, I thought it said Doctor Strange, but it said Doctor Who, uh, uh, The Edge of Time, which is a, a VR game I know nothing about. Uh, also, in September, we're, we're getting DLC uh, Rise of the Ghosts for Rage 2, and the, the trailer for that looks just brilliant. That is the game I missed this summer. I talked about Rage 2 so much leading up to it. Post-release... It's one of those games I have to go pick up when it's it's on sale. Like an idiot, I instead picked up Metro Exodus, which is not a bad game. I should have just waited just for not Rage. Your, not your stuff, huh? No, like it's going to yeah, be the no. one I kind of grind to get back to. Right. You know, like I haven't finished Red Dead Redemption 2. If I haven't finished that, how am I going to finish Metro Exodus, you know? You're not. <laughs> no, it's just not going to happen. Uh, wasted 30 bucks, I guess. But, you know, went to a good cause, right? A game developer, publisher, kind of, sort of. Anything else in September we're missing? I'm going to grab Dragon Quest XI as Echoes of an Elusive Age. Okay. What a mouthful of a title, but yeah. um, the original game was one of the best Japanese RPGs I played in a long time, one of that year's best games, and this definitive edition on Switch is just adding more to it, so... And plus, I'm in a little bit of a Dragon Quest mood after um, the Dragon Quest hero was one of the DLC characters in Super Smash Brothers. That'll do it. So that's on our minds. I want Crash Bandicoot and Super Smash Brothers. 
still three more. Uh, sorry, two more spots left. Hey, in the DLC, you never know. He's a free agent, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they're all third-party characters. I guarantee you. So it could happen. You know who would make a fine second spot? Who's game, that? I think this game's out today. What that? Hang on, hang on. Oh, segue. I know. I know what you're saying. It is. Right, yep. Spyro. Yeah. So it is out for Switch. That reignited trilogy. Man, I love those games. Such. I could see either Spyro or Crash and or Crash and Smash. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I can see the crossover ads now. Crash Brothers. Yeah. Oh my gosh! They would have a heyday with it. So we're moving into October here. We got a little bit out of Jeff's busy season. Uh, October fourth, a pretty big one. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, PS4, Xbox, and PC. This one's not for me. I have a feeling it will be for Adam. He's kind of the yeah ghost recon guy adam basically plays every first person shooter that's even remotely competent so as including a game, home so, front yes <laughs> I had or just shooter a third person shooter whatever i'm anything. sorry i had to do it it's so it's, it's almost mean um i don't think there's anything else looking down the list that we want to kind of jump into witcher 3 Yes. Is the next one on the list that's coming out for Switch, October fifth. I'm gonna have to get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to get it. The thought of playing on the handheld is thrilling, no doubt no, about it. No, I'm gonna have to. Let's see. Um, I at- also want to grab Trine Four, the Nightmare Prince. That's uh, that's a downloadable game. Okay. Um, but Frozen Bite is a great studio. I, I've loved the trying all the trying games before. Um, I also play uh, played and reviewed Nine Parchments from them two almost two years ago now end of 2017 was when that came out but they're a great little studio based in finland i believe so i'll be playing that that one's cool because and actually you would enjoy just watching me play that because the puzzles in that game have always been like what breath of wilds puzzles were Mm -hmm. before breath of wild came out Mm. like all the puzzles are physics based and there's multiple solutions to them. There's not really like so much one item you have to use to complete it. It's more so there's a trigger you have to activate, and there's all kinds of different inputs you can use to activate that trigger. Hmm. Like you know how that Breath is of, totally Zelda. Yeah, like how Breath the shrines in Breath of the yeah. Wild, where it's like oh, yeah. there's all kinds of different ways you can you know get to the end. That's all, what a lot of the puzzles were like in Shrine, except it, it's in 2D. It's <sighs> they're 2D side scrollers. I have the feeling we're going to go on a tangent here, but I'm going to try not do to. It. Do it. But with Breath of the Wild, <laughs> do you it. know what I found with um, some of the puzzles was if I struggled with one, didn't finish it, went to another one. Yeah. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Came back months to a year later and, and tried that very same one. I would beat it. No problem. Yeah. Not in all cases. Right. In some cases. So, and it's, it's truly that syndrome where you play a game, you're struggling to get past a level, whether it's a puzzle or just a really difficult boss battle, or you just can't figure out what you got to do. You put it down, you come back the next day, you beat it in two minutes. Right. It's kind of amazing how the mind works that way. Look, because there's not one like one singular solution. In- there's different ways to get to it, and depending on what your state of mind is, maybe you come up, you maybe you happen upon that solution. So you're saying yeah. maybe you look at it from right. a different perspective. A different perspective. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is no exaggeration. There's one shrine in there. I beat it this one certain way. I went online to talk, uh, talk to a couple of fellow zelda fanatics and between the three of us all three of us completed the uh the shrine our own unique way 
like one per, like I one person used stasis, one of us used the bow and arrow and the bombs, one of us used like the laser thing that you could use it. Like we all completed the shrine a completely different way. I there were three that. of us. Like it, that's yeah. awesome. Like that that's is so awesome. cool. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I I like that. There's numerous solutions to stuff like that. So when you when you were talking about uh, the game that you were just talking about, trying, there, trying yeah. for okay. Yep. When when you mentioned that, it just kind of triggered. I was like, oh man, mm-hmm. I had kind of sa- some of those those same, I guess, realizations yeah. when I, I was going through stuff. Um, man, it's funny. I'm looking on this list. Zombieland Double Tap. I feel like that's a game that I want, and I, I keep forgetting that movie is coming Dude, out too. I, that's another I, one that's so under the radar. What a great fall season we're going to have for comedies, I think. We're going to get Zombieland. Zombieland. Okay, what else? Uh, we're getting Jumanji. That's right. I keep forgetting. Oh, boy. There's something else I think I'm, I'm forgetting uh, that'll hit me later on. I think there was a third one, but th- when's the last time? Like, I feel like there were two movies like that coming out that we wanted to see. You know? like that. That's awesome. Uh, we're, uh, we're big fans of Jumanji, for those <sighs> listening. It is the goat, everybody. <laughs> it, it, bar none. This one I've already reserved a spot for game or movie of the year. Don't even try Rise of Skywalker. Don't even try. Um, WWE 2K20, October 22nd. That's a game that Bruner will love. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. October 25th, uh, one of the biggest releases of the year, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So not a reboot. Uh, not really a sequel, somewhere in between. I, uh, having played the original three Modern Warfare's and and where Modern or where Call of Duty's been in the last few years, I think it's the perfect storm and the perfect time for this. Uh, even seeing other games not related to this, like God of War, kind of reboot in that sense, where it was they could have gone on with a number but they didn't. That uh, that kind of has me excited for for this. Uh, it's a game I get every year. It's a game I play countless hours, and I it just comes in spurts. the The multiplayer, needless to say, is some of the most polished. It's the some of the most active online community out there. With last year's Call of Duty, with so Black Ops Four, and then World War uh, Two prior to that, like it's been a, a while, I think, since Call of Duty has had a misstep, and uh, Modern Warfare just seems to be that perfect next step for me there's not much else to say about it they just went through the alpha heard nothing but good uh come out of that awesome which is is nice for an alpha yeah (laughs) uh so yeah ps4 xbox one and pc october 25th also october 25th john fick uh, of the geekiverse one of our games editors uh on his list is the outer worlds pc ps4 and xbox one i believe this is a Game Pass game for Xbox because uh, who's, who's doing Outer Worlds? Obsidian, I believe. Yes, and Microsoft purchased yeah. Obsidian. So even though the game was coming out for those platforms, including PlayStation, it's going to be a day one Game Pass. So that's a game that um, I think I'm going to dive into a little bit because why not? You know, it's, it's, it's free to play if you are a Game Pass owner. Uh, but I, I can't wait to kind of see a little bit more about it as we get closer to the launch here. So October 25th, a stack day. Um, Resident Evil 5 and 6 coming out for Switch October 29th. At least, at least one of those is a decent game. <sighs> Man. How could you, Resident Evil 6? How could you? I can't believe you even exist. 
One of the very few <laughs> you, games I've never finished. You and every other Resident Evil fan. <laughs> I, that's the thing. I'm not even a Resident Evil fan, but I knew it was garbage. <laughs> I just, I did. Man, it's harsh. At least we end the month on a good note. We do. So Halloween, October 31st. This is what we talked about pre-show. Wish it was coming out just a little bit earlier. But uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm excited for this. I um, I think this is my next Nintendo game. I think you're gonna love this game. This is this looks right up my alley. Um, now I'm not saying it's game wise comparable to Super Mario Odyssey, but there are flashes of my anticipation and hype level for that game on a smaller scale with this. Um, I'm excited for it. Like I want to build up my Nintendo Switch collection. That's one I, I marked right on my calendar as soon as it was announced. Well, even if the gameplay is dramatically different from your Mario platformer, which it is, Luigi's Mansion games are more exploration and puzzle solving than platforming per se. They have the same kind of charm and spirit of the Mario platformers. Like, r- really, any Mario game has that 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 just character to it. It's fun. It's whimsical. Luigi's Mansion is definitely a just as much if not more comedy based than the Mario platformers because there's so much humor around Luigi getting scared stiff at the ghosts that chase him. <laughs> sure. The ghosts themselves are often uh drawn and realized to be a little humorous. But if you're a Mario fan, you'll you should enjoy this. And I think you're going to really like this one. Like I say, it's very laid back. There's just a lot of exploration, a lot of puzzle solving. Um there are some really cool boss battles. Uh throughout the luigi's mansion game and i expect to see just as many of those in this one now i love the setting the haunted the haunted hotel oh me too it's, it's such a cool idea for that's this. a big selling point for yeah. me that's you know there it's my only re- reservation with it is i wish it was coming out before halloween just because i, I get the I mood yeah, yeah the halloween's over once halloween hits same with thanksgiving with christmas as i mentioned it's the build-up to those those days that kind of make the season fun so that's okay. You know, I'll enjoy it. I'll play it. I'll pick it up again next year and play when we're talking about what's coming out that October. Uh, so I think I, we covered everything uh, just about for October here. That we're hitting on, yep. Moving into November, uh, we mentioned Jeff's busy season. This is my busy season. So we go from Call of Duty to less than a week later, we get Luigi's Mansion. And then uh, really just over a week later, uh, first big one, uh, is going to be November 8th. This is Death Stranding for PS4. Now, this is a game that I was not confident we were ever going to get a release date for. It just, you had the, that feeling. Could have gone one of two ways. Could have gone where it just went into development hell and then went into the trash. Could have gone Last Guardian. But it kind of stayed on course. And when did we get this announcement? 2015, I think? I think it was earlier than that. I don't think so. I'm trying because 2015 was the the big E3, right, for Sony, or was it 16? Now I'm second guessing myself. I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I don't pay attention to Sony. No, that, that straining would have been. <laughs> Let me look this up. Hold on. No, it's it's 16. I feel like it was a little earlier because it, it it's been it's been a while. I'm gonna say 2016. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, what did you say? 2016. It was. It was that E3, It was revealed right? yeah, at Sony's conference during E3 with the trailer. Because you had Crash, Spider-Man, God of War. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine like that, that press conference actually happened? It was so good that a few years later, Sony was like, no, we're not going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, oh, that makes sense now. Okay. Right? Like they, they built up so much cachet. 
So yeah, Death Stranding. What do you think of this game, by the way? I don't know what to think of this okay, game. That's I don't my answer too. I don't know what we're gonna get out of. I need this. to see review scores before. I I buy it. Need to play the heck out of this game to really understand it, and even then, I don't know if I'll quite get it because, based on what we've seen of it so far, I it's confusing. Yeah, totally. It, it and and you know, I I don't want to judge the game before I've played it start to finish, but like it almost reminds me of kind of being more of a cinematic experience than a video game experience. So this almost like looks like it leans more towards like a Quantic Dream game, like kind, a, yeah, in this in that sense, not that it's like you know. And cutscene based. That's definitely. Um, but the gameplay that's, that's trailer. Tra- yeah. Well, the the whole thing I'm describing is it's kind of a trademark of Hideo Kojima's game design philosophy. He often creates sequences and set pieces that are meant to be experienced more so than played. Like he, well, because obviously he's a brilliant mind, one of the best artistic, one of the best artists in the video game industry, and he often designs his games to, like I said, to be more experienced than played in a way. Um, not that you're just sitting there watching a movie per se, but with like Death Stranding, for example, a lot of the even these gameplay trailers that we've seen, it's not action heavy. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be puzzle solving heavy. Um, there seems to just be a lot of walking about, taking in your environment, taking in this setting, the mystery of whatever this setting is. I, I could not tell you exactly what it's, what, what this world and what this universe is going to be like until I can experience it in full. But I just, I don't know. Like, here, here's the thing. Like, what, like, what genre of game would you put this in? Like, it's not a shooter. It's not a stealth action game. I don't know. Hideo if Kojima has even Hideo Kojima has even said that this is going to redefine genre titles in the way that Metal Gear Solid did. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, there's. I, it's a game. I think a lot of people are just let's wait and see what happens. Yeah, I hope it's not more style. Good pedigree over behind substance. it, of course. And then you've got an incredible cast yeah. of voice actors and motion cap here. What you've got. Norman Reedus, you've got Mads Mikkelsen, which I'm thrilled oh, about. Yeah. Um, and uh, Guillermo del Toro will be in it. Yeah, like it's Jeff Keighley. <laughs> so, um, Leia Sadow is in it. From the, I think I was, I don't want to say more confused. How could it be more confused about a game? But like when they showed the gameplay, I was like, that's not what I expected from the gameplay reveal for this when they finally showed it a few months back i i mean i respect Hideo kojima sure. immensely but i don't he gets the benefit of a doubt yeah you know? i just don't want game developers to forget that they're making games not movies i will say this i love cutscenes. i love the cinematic approach to games so i'm kind of shocked that i've really not played much metal gear in in my time um, and i own it I own Phantom Pain. It's something I need to go into, uh, but time will tell. You're going to be shocked at who's one of the vo- one of the actors in Death Stranding. Shocked. Are you going to tell me? I, I I was hoping my sarcasm would give it away. <laughs> Troy, oh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker's <laughs> in it. <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> because why not? Why the hell not? <laughs> My gosh, he must have like some big secret on, on the gaming world and he just has to be in every single game ever. He's good, but he's in every single game. My gosh. So one thing, uh, final note on Death Stranding that I read about Hideo Kojima once. He watches a new movie every night and he gets five hours of sleep. 
I don't know if that's that's true, but I believe it. Each one is amazing in its own right. A new movie every day. I mean, yeah. hey, you need the inspiration to come from somewhere. I admire any person who consumes that much art like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I, I love it. Um, we did skip over a few titles. Uh, we will mention uh, November 5th, Needs, Need for Speed Heat is coming if you have EA Access. Also, uh, one of the best-selling games every year, uh, Just Dance 2020. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Nintendo Wii. I love that fact. It's that holding just, on, folks. That, that just makes me laugh. It's holding t- on. It makes me laugh all the time whenever I see that. Can't believe it, but I love it. Like I, I, I want to, I want to know exactly how many people are. That? Yeah, like they're obviously doing it for a reason. Parents, yeah. Like, like it, they're obviously That's releasing. A like they wouldn't be releasing it if people weren't buying it. Of course, no. I want to know the exact numbers behind no, no, no. how many those sell on the original <laughs> Wii. I, case study I love for it. us, everybody. Yeah, I love that fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know what? All right, so let's jump to. November 15th, a massive day. Yeah. Look I would this. argue three games. Look, well, <laughs> look, I know. How did I, we miss I, Jumanji, I know, the video game? I know game. we're fans, but come on. What if it's great? What if it's not? <laughs> Pavlok, don't be a negative Nancy here. It's coming for Switch. If it's co-op, we can play it. Uh, so I'll let, I'll let you go here first. Why don't you cover? Because uh, this was on... A few lists. Oh yeah, well John, of course, is excited. I think for everybody it too. but mine. Yes, Bruner, uh, right? Well, wait, what did Adam say? Or did Adam even nope, say anything? Just you, me, Bruner, and John. All right, Adam's a bum. No well, surprise. That's very true. Yeah, uh, we're all going on another Pokemon adventure, so we'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pokemon Sword and Shield, November fifteenth for Switch. Yep. Looking forward to it. I mean, it, it's uh, as I even said in our fall games preview or written article I'll, I'll be the last person to ever argue that the mainline pokemon games are are ambitious or making um bold strides for the series but there's just a indescribable amount of charm and fun that is timeless for pokemon especially for those of us who grew up with it we never grew out of pokemon i, I enjoy it just as much as i did when i was eight and nine years old so i'm, I'm always excited for a new Pokemon game. Uh, particularly excited about this one because I really wasn't too hot about Sun and Moon when it came out on 3DS a few years ago. I, I reviewed it for the Geekiverse and I, it just didn't resonate with me the way that other mainline Pokemon games have. But I really like the new world and the new setting that Pokemon Sword and Shield are set in. I like uh, the new Pokemon that they have revealed so far. Um, the giant modes where like you literally have giant sized pokemon battling each other is right up my alley as a giant monster fan the raid encounters where you team up with other trainers to fight like giant boss sized pokemon looks fun i'm looking forward to this one as always even if it's even if it's cookie cutter that's fine by me because i am a pokemon fanboy like millions of other people out there yeah i mean it's it's never been bigger because our generation has grown up with it yeah and the generation behind us and a few behind us are now growing up with it. So it's kind of just um, almost mainstream, if you will, from that. Oh, sense. it's more. It's mainstream. You know I mean? All right. It's mainstream. Um, so also that day, and really not much to say for me, but Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, PS4, Xbox One, PC. I've already got the collector's edition pre-ordered. Comes with some really cool extras that most people would not care about. But I am... 
Oh, here's another horrible little side rant. I love the days of the DVD when extra features were hours upon hours long. Star Wars did a great job. Lord of the Rings with the extended editions did a wonderful job of throwing in behind the scenes, interviews, all of it. I love that stuff. Don't see them very very much on Blu-rays anymore. No. A little bit here and there. Not you, to the extent that they used to be. You can watch all the Avengers Endgame extra content in about 45 minutes. Oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah, like that's a movie I want to just see everybody talk about and do interviews. There's so much cool stuff in that. Um, it doesn't happen anymore. Well, with Jedi Fallen Order, the, there's a few things that come with the collector's edition, but one of them is basically a slew of extras like you would see on an old DVD. Uh, interviews, how they made the game, all that stuff. As a Star Wars fan, I'm in. Um, what else is on there? What I mean, what else are you getting in that? There's more in-game stuff. I don't. It's short of DLC, basically. Any physical goodies? No, no physical goodies. But this was only ten dollars more than the. Say uh, la vie. The regular edition. So, with my Best Buy membership that's running out, it was cheaper. So, um, we did a whole episode on this. You can check it out a few episodes back for Geeks Got Game. Or, or go to thegeekiverse.com. We've got a ton of Star Wars coverage right now in the lead up to episode nine, which is just a few short months away. But November 15th, that's going to be my sweet spot. My happy spot will be a, a month and four days away from episode nine. I'll be playing a brand new Star Wars game. There's a new Star Wars book that will have just come out. Um, I'm reading Galaxy's Edge, the book that is basically setting up the theme park in Disney right now. There's all this lore to it. Yes. Oh, I, I was gonna let you finish. Oh, no, no, I was no. just raising my finger uh, to catch your attention. Um, doesn't the Mandalorian release the same day as Fallen Order, um, or is it a couple days earlier? I think it's the twelfth. The twelfth. That's okay. thank you for reminding me. I, I couldn't remember if it was the fifteenth or the twelfth. Oh 12th my or gosh! So all of that. So you got even more Star Wars than what you just described. Plus, to, to enjoy. Don't forget Star Wars Battlefront Two. There will be Rise of Skywalker free DLC. Ho mama. So I I I'm gonna miss these Christmas Star Wars releases. I will. We'll we'll they'll get come, some they'll come years. back someday. I would say like 10, 15 years down the line we'll get a sequel trilogy to this sequel trilogy. They'll come back. <laughs> we'll be there. But uh yeah, I love Star Wars, so check out uh, all of our Star Wars coverage uh at the website. Um let's see, November nineteenth, Shenmue three. That that will be a popular title, I believe, to some degree. P PC and PS4. You want to talk about <sighs> development hell and yeah, being worked on for years on end. That's your poster boy for it. Now, remember how we said Jeff had his busy season. Mine is unfairly busy. It's every week starting October 25th. Some two, two in a week. We get to November 22nd. I don't see how I can't get this day one. I'm probably in the same boat as you, by the way, on that. I, I'm always like, no, I'll wait. No, I mean, no, I mean that oh, game. Oh. I mean the game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I want it day one too. That's what I'm saying. Is with the game like this, it's usually one that falls off my list. No, I'll wait till January first. I'll wait for a sale right after Christmas. I I don't know how I can wait. It's as surefire a good title as I would say is on this list personally. Like there, if there's one game on this list I'm looking at and I'm like, that's gonna be good, if not great, it's Doom Eternal. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I know I say it every single time, but I love when Switch gets those day one releases. So playing through Wolfenstein right now, I'm loving all the gunplay, and it's taking me back in some of the, the more fast-paced skirmishes. 
just I have these flashbacks of Doom. I can't wait for Doom Eternal. I that's that's all I can say about. It. I can't wait for the heavy metal soundtrack. Yeah. I can't wait for the story that I don't care about, and I just want to get back to the gun the gun play. It's it's gonna be great. The Nintendo th- Switch. How about that? The the demonstrations we saw from E3 really blew me away. Oh, it, the, the game just looks so so impressive it in is. those demos. I I would say. Is there a company that understands as much error greater than Bethesda for how to connect to their fans? Man, I, I would say no one more more so. Maybe some do it as well as Bethesda, but they get their fans. They do. Except for Fallout 76. <laughs> they get their fans. Like It's going to be great. I, I mean, there there are people playing it, I guess. Fallout 76, so I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's well beyond my area of expertise. So that was a game that crossed over on both of our lists. Uh, I think that was the only one. Yes. But did that show up? Oh, it didn't show up on John's. Okay. So that's that's the list, really. I don't think I'm missing anything, right? That's where it ends? Well, not so much. It's not so much a game. Oh, release, we got December. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say um, we got Stadia hitting we've got a bunch of in middle determines yes and life is strange Two, episode five in december 3rd i'm i'm lukewarm on life is strange i think it could be so much better i unfortunately have never tried it out i'm i'm in the minority on that i know never winter, uh, there we go never winter nights enhanced edition so there's another one with Baldur's gate from earlier i said i thought it was toward the end of the year so all of those like like dungeons and drag sorry dungeons and dragons um, franchise games are getting re-releases this year. Yeah, and there's a, a long list of games that don't have confirmed release dates, oh, but yeah. have the the window. So. Where the heck is Sayonara Wild Hearts? Uh, let's find out. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, it, like, no, literally, where is it? Because that's still to be decided, 2019, and that's been like that since it was revealed at the Game Awards last year. Like, yeah, it got, it, got, it get, you know, it made its debut at the Game Awards. December 2018. It was it's one that, of the early games with the, the very colorful. Yeah, yeah, it was that rhythm action game. Do we not have a? It was said to be 2019 when it first debuted last year, and we're Jeez. we're running out of 2019, and we still don't we even are have a release out of 2019. Date. Like, where is that? I want to pl- pop up and be like, it's coming out in maybe, two weeks. Yeah, maybe. Like, I want to play that. That looks awesome. Man, where yeah. is that? I don't know. I totally forgot about that game. There's a lot that came out of that that show. Yeah, yeah, the last couple of game awards have been awesome. I bet you this year we get some really nice lockdown release dates. Yeah, I maybe a few teases. Well, I love the game awards because it feels like the perfect, the perfect holdover between E3s. Dude, I, 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 it's it's yeah, in that perfect that's a great spot way to put it. where you know you you go six months between June and December. You get your game awards where there's plenty of big announcements now. You only have to wait another six months then for another major gaming show. And I mean, if you're a Sony fan, maybe the Game Awards is the only one you get at this point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I uh, I'm I'm really I I always love that night. Me too. Even if nothing huge happens, it's just a fun fun atmosphere. Holidays right around the corner. You're in the middle of the holiday season, really. Um, usually some good stuff. And last year we got such a, a great string of announcements, including Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yes, Mortal Kombat 11 was last year. So, well, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff we didn't know about. We'll see what happens this year. But 
We want to know your list. Which games are you most looking forward to this fall? Get in the conversation again with us on Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse. You've got our lists. You've got the grand list. We want to know yours. We're going to wrap things up on this episode of Geek Scott Game. Jeff, where can people find you on social media? What can you plug for The Geekiverse? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Povs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. I think my next work is going to be something regarding Astral Chain or Blasphemous. One of the two. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see... I, I, I gotta I gotta get through these games before the rest of the tidal wave comes. So I think those are my priorities right now. Yeah, I'm sitting pretty. I just gotta finish Wolfenstein before uh, we get that copy of NHL. Just uh, I, I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you. I don't stand a chance. <laughs> Damon X Machina is gonna hit, and I'm not gonna be able to play as much as I want to in that first week. And then Link's Awakening is gonna come, and it's Zelda. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing that before I breathe, basically but every you have a day. Nice, a nice gap between. October is going to really be a good catch-up month. Yeah, see, September's mine, and I don't need it. The only problem is one of the other games I want to pick up, Dragon Quest XI, is going to probably be like 50 or some hours. Dude, see, that's the difference between our games. <laughs> it is. <laughs> mine, you- and I want to go back to Fire Emblem someday, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. It could be stressful being a gamer. So I wrote about kind of this very topic in, in a large... If this was a subtopic to a larger overall topic... Um, I wrote an article at thegeekiverse.com about being a, a gaming father and finding time to game. One of my bullet points is you, you, you cannot play everything. It's a, I just twitched a little. It's a sad realization to, to come to, but you, you just, you can't. You've got it. That's why we make these lists, right? We kind of make true. our list. In, I made mine in July. I'm sure you did too. Yeah. And you look down and say, I can play that. I definitely want to play that. And you make the game, game list in a perfect world where you have all the time and money that you want which games you want to play. And those, they kind of, you know, they fall off the list one by one. And you're like, no, I'll get it when they're, when it's on sale. I'll get it in January and February when it's slow. Oh, wait, it's not slow in those months anymore for gamers. So I encourage you to check that out. Even if you're not a gaming father or gaming mother, go go read that article. Maybe it'll make you feel a little bit better about your gaming priorities. I'm going to second that for everyone listening. I highly, highly recommend you go read that article. It is one of the best things that my best friend here has ever written. yeah thanks dude i appreciate it i've had i've had some interesting heartfelt articles recently yes uh but as opposed to more of our, our about, pop culture you know yes but I, I tie it to that so we had that article I, I wrote about my my daughter's uh first birthday kind of the culmination of the lead up to her birth and her first year and how it intermingles a little bit to a point with being a geeky you know father finding time for this stuff yes. but i'll tell you what if you're worried about finding time for stuff we talked about a pre-show. Jeff schedules out his entire week, whether it's what he, he is going to write, draw, read, watch, play. And I write it down, too. Yeah. I, I, I literally write it down what I'm going to do each day. We're at the lawn fate last week, the local lawn uh-huh. fate in Buffalo. We, we basically a big beer tent. And one of our friends I hadn't seen in a while said, when are you going to make time for us? And I said, you let me know. We have a wall calendar now. <laughs> yes, and I have actually seen that wall calendar. I was dead serious. She thought it was hilarious. But hey, it's true. You have to. And I've got a planner of like a like what you see right, in high yeah. school. I bought one. So it's important, folks. You know, you get you gotta make time for this stuff. Um I also I, I was at the Strong Museum in uh, Rochester. Ah, yes. Talk a little weekend. more about that. Yeah, so this the, the video perfect, this is the podcast to do that for. I meant I meant to dive into it a little bit. Uh if you've got a few minutes here. If you're listening, uh, the video game Hall of Fame is there. So in Western New York, I, you know, I, 
there's a lot of good stuff there. I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily worth a, a huge trip just yet. But if you appreciate games, there's a ton to do at the Strong Museum. Tons of pinball machines, old school arcade machines. I played the original Star Wars. Oh, uh, wow. Like the original Star Wars arcade machine. That must have been so cool for you. Oh, man, it was great. I got pictures. I got video everything. Um, and then, we, you know, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, we played Pinball Lord of the Rings, which was really cool. <laughs> really cool. Please um, tell me it was like recreating the Battle of Pelennor Field or something like that. You know, I... No. <laughs> you just send the pinball through waves of orcs. And I didn't or- watch the whole thing. Um, but... That was there. There was Avengers. There was Deadpool. There was X Men, and then the, the, there's a lot of dedicated to pop culture at the Strong Museum there. Um, and you know, you you walk in. There's a life size statue of Pikachu, Link, and Master Chief, standing back to back. To back. I have to go to this it's, now. Uh, it's it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, there's a quote there, and I'm gonna butcher this, but it was on the wall, and it it. I'm paraphrasing a little, but not much. It said something to the effect of humans need pleasure like they like like they need vitamins. To me, what this was saying was you need to schedule time for this stuff. My dad. My dad tells me this all the time. If you don't take time for yourself, time to pencil in fun stuff, your video games, your movies, it's just not good. You, the old saying, you know, all work, no play yeah. makes for a dull boy or dull yeah. girl. So that... I think it's so important to, to do that. That quote just made me really happy. There were a few interesting quotes I also read. Uh, they're very pro video game there, not just in, in the Hall of Fame there. But bear with me one second here. I'm pulling up a quote that I thought was really, really interesting. Oh, there's the picture of Pikachu. I understand you were playing some Rocket League too while you were over there. <sighs> Dude, so they had Rocket League set up. They also had original uh, Super Mario Brothers on a big TV with a life-size Nintendo Super Ni- or reg- NES controller. Yeah, so you yeah. had to use like your hands as opposed to That's so uh, cool. your your fingers, which was was freaking awesome. Uh, they had the original Doom at uh Oh man, I'm just scrolling through the pictures now and I'm just like this was awesome. Yeah, they, I'm sure it's like they had, <laughs> you look through it's like bad. I got to go back. I know. They had uh some of the original uh, Legend of Zelda video games next to the Halo video games. Uh, also, they had toys. So they had the first 12 Star Wars action figures. But uh, this is in Rochester, New York, if you're listening to us. They also had Crash Bandicoot Warped, which I was really excited about. Um, okay. So this uh, this was on the wall there. It said, A century ago, critics feared that adventure stories and romance novels would spoil youth for steady work and ruin chances for a lasting marriage. A half century ago, doomsayers predicted that crime waves and moral collapse would surely follow comic books and rock and roll. Will current dire warnings about video games inciting violence sound just as silly 50 or 100 years from now? I love that little uh, cue card there. So that was uh, just a nice little thing to say, hey, Give it the times, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go go take that trip. I highly <laughs> recommend it. It was fun. We were really there for my daughter, but then uh, I saw the video game Hall of Fame was there, and I had to go in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Twitter, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. You can find me talking about uh, hopefully a, a better Sabres and Bills season uh, coming up here, as well as uh, kind of a, a fun fall movie season. We were talking. We're excited to go see Joker, which is met to. It's been met to rave reviews so far which has me stoked because I was worried about that one. But uh, lots of Star Wars coverage for me at thegeekiverse.com. Weekly, you can find Star Wars content uh, as well as uh, uh, a little bit 
of Disney Plus content in terms of what we're looking for when that service launches in November. Uh, the one last thing that I want to plug um, is, I uh, we mentioned it earlier, I wrote our review for Control. Go read that in depth. Get excited for that game. And I encourage you to go pick it up. Uh, I had an interview with the game's director and co-writer, Michael Kazurin, at E3 last year. Uh, that video is on our website now. And you can find it at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, where he gave some insight without, of course, spoiling the game into what they, they had written and undertaken for the last few years. Lots of good stuff going on, as always. Go to thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com where you can find our online merch store and pick up shirts for as little as $14.99 per shirt. Uh, we've got over 20 designs in there. I feel like we should have events coming up, but we've got nothing planned right now. So, you know, we'll have stuff to tease very shortly. Something will pop up. Uh, we're going to wrap up today's show, actually, just uh, with a song from one of our uh, Geekiverse community members. Uh, his name is Garrett Shea. He's actually a personal friend of mine. Uh, you can check him out at GarrettSheaMusic.com. That's two R's, two T's. Uh, but this song is called Shades of Green, so we're going to play that out. Uh, you can contact Garrett right through the website, and you can find the music on all online stores and streaming services. So for Jeff... I'm Josiah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in a few weeks. Have a good one. Yeah.